Okay, back for our double bill of what ifs. Double bill of what ifs. You know when what ifs first, uh, what if, what ifs, what if, what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> when it was like first announced, I was, um, I don't know if I said this before, I was really excited about the opportunities, I guess, that you would get from this particular series. And it's got nine episodes, but I think it's already renewed for a season two or I don't so much think I think they've just made 18 episodes and they've decided to split it across um, two seasons um, which makes sense content wise um, I presume but then it's like going through the episodes it's very up and down uh, to a certain extent so like the episode we're gonna talk about first which is episode three of the what ifs and um, what is the title for this one Shall we? what if the world lost its mightiest heroes what if the world lost its mightiest mightiest heroes now i'm going to be honest straight off the bat i did not like this episode <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure Arzif is happy to hear <laughs> i mean to be honest like i i was it feels you know i i feel that they're kind of like they have like two themed sort of versions of this show that it's like, you know, in episode two, we had like, you know, uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord. And that was like a real like mix up. Whereas with this one, it's like, and actually like episode four, it's kind of like just one change that affects everything, you know? So it's like, you're rewatching the same events, but just through different happenings in a way. Um, so I know what you mean. I, like I, when I watched that, I was kind of a bit like, no, I thought like more would kind of happen or more other things would happen, but it was quite close to like the kind of source material it comes from. So I don't know, it depends how wild you want it to get really. Um, but I mean, we really enjoyed episode two, you know, where it got like pretty humorous and like, you know, I mean, from, you know, Thanos kind of discussing genocidal plans after saving universes uh, to, you know, um, T'Challa being a, a morally good Star-Lord. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it did kind of, like, after episode one of Agent Carter, I enjoyed um, Captain Carter being a superhuman strength. Uh, I would have, I would have, to be fair, I would have quite happily enjoyed it if there were more stories told around that character, which mm. went away from the initial story that we knew had already been told uh, via Steve Rogers before. Um and then the second one, I liked that more because it was kind of so far removed a bit more. I understand it's like one event that changes and they pick up the wrong person, but it was it changed quite a lot for a lot of people and yeah. it gave you like a complete new storyline. Some of the other ones do follow the beats of particular storylines quite closely on how, they, how we've seen them in the films. Um, and this particular one was just... Uh, there was elements of it that I I did like. I liked it when Loki came to Earth and uh, like installed his wrath upon uh, everyone, and it was kind of it was kind of good to see Loki like that getting revenge for his brother. Um, and but I just 
the whole just just killing off all these like really well loved characters just really really quickly as well it's just like this one's gone this one's gone this one's gone i understand that's probably the point of it but i was just i was just watching it going yeah i'm just not into this <laughs> yeah, it's, kind of, it's like a negative Avengers film, isn't it? You're like, no, like yeah, yeah. even, even yeah. though there's like a savior at the end, kind of. Um, I'm just, I was just like, I understand this is like this didn't happen, and this is a, obviously a what if. But at the same time, I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> not enjoying the stuff that transpires, <laughs> just killing off all these brilliant characters one by one so quickly, and. You know what peed me off the most was Natasha Romanoff going. I'm like, well, don't take her as well. Um, <laughs> Everyone must die, Ben. You yeah. Don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I know I what you mean. How you sat with the whole overall story of it? Well, at first, you know, it was like quite interesting watching like Avengers being taken out fairly easily. You know, like with like pretty kind of, you know straightforward weapons i mean like thor getting taken out by you know hawkeye's arrow and stuff you're a bit like eh. i would have thought a god had a bit more yeah res- resistance to like yeah an arrow um but you know here we are uh and then like hulk's kind of you know saying he can't die and then he does die and you know it was it was kind of i, I was a little bit uh it was quite a dark turn really which i thought was kind of interesting and then like the way that the storyline kind of develops and you know you have hugo pym kind of behind it all um it kind of made me realize a couple of things like first of all like is he like the ultimate does he have the ultimate power is like turning tiny like the best thing you can do because literally like no one can see you until which i don't know it was kind of a bit weird because then by the end you know well fury slash loki deal with it very well whereas like all these avengers literally can't like handle or detect him there which okay like maybe if you don't but i don't know i just i just would have thought that it would have been like they would have picked up on it quicker in a way but would you know what's funny and what it made me think of is um it made me think of the scene where ant-man attacks the avengers base mm. um in in the first ant-man movie yeah. and he is almost detected pretty much straight off by just some sensors and even um hawkeye's uh not hawkeye the falcons like sensors on his glasses pick him up within a matter of seconds and it just (laughs) it did make me think of that as well it's like really like they're taking them out so easily like (laughs) especially like with iron man i found like the first one to die and like i don't know i just like Iron Man's like biometric suit seems so like advanced that you, I don't know it, it should pick up like some sort of even you know some alien kind of form in his body or like entering to his bloodstream. I, I don't know. I just found that kind of because uh, yeah, as I said, like afterwards, I kind of thought like, oh, is that like the ultimate power? Then he can just like you know silently assassinate whoever by just flowing into their bloodstream and you know exploding their heart or whatever. You know, it was a bit. I mean, it was kind of an interesting concept, but also it's quite weird as well because, like, knowing like Hugo Pym and like you know having not seen Hope die at the beginning of the episode, so like not having that context, you're a bit like, oh god, does, would he really go like that evil if his daughter died on a mission? I felt yeah. that that was also a little bit like tenuous in terms of 
he was always just a scientist and quite a, an on the side of good, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's he's kind of, you know, she dies in like a shield mission apparently, and you know, everyone must die. You know, it's quite a, I don't know, lengthy justification for that sort of uh, activity. But hey, you know, and, and also he's old, you know, like yeah, you know, and he's like I don't know, just being a, a, a badass assassin, you know, like. I, I, I thought it was a little bit, even though it's kind of obviously like the whole thing is far-fetched. Yes, we get it. It's an animation, you, of course, you know. But it just felt a little bit like, eh, really? Like, eh? I just, yeah, I just don't think the story was that strong, yeah. really, was it? I mean, the, uh, I mean, I understand the idea, but I just feel maybe it just could have happened in different ways rather than just being the Hank Pym assassin um that's taking it because it's kind of when they explained it all you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah like that's and, that's the reasoning <laughs> yeah and also like i don't know like when he kind of like lets off like uh, hawkeye's arrow and stuff it was just for, or, or, I, it, there were so many other variables as well like okay if hawkeye does accidentally let it go does that mean that he's always going to hit his target or can he move it if he you know would he move his hand and perhaps miss his target or something? If he, I don't know. It just, it, it felt like there were so many variables. That it's like, oh, it was very convenient that he was able to kill so many people like so easily, just like that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it was, well, yeah, it, it was a kind of, I, I suppose, you know, the kind of, the, as I said, like some of these episodes feel like more based in reality and that can be enjoyable. But for this one, it felt a little bit, it was like based in that kind of Avengers reality and then a bit far-fetched. I, I know what you mean. I, I was kind of similar, but it was less underwhelming. I thought it was kind of less exciting as well, just to kind of, you know, start an episode and then have loads of the Avengers kind of like killed off and not involved at all. It was a bit, eh, you know, just, it would have been more fun probably to have them kind of like weaved into the storyline and seeing like kind of funnier things happening, I suppose. But yeah, yeah here, here it just, yeah. I, I, I was in agreement. I, it was one of the less enjoyable episodes i think because also the other ones are like quite funny mm. you know and the whole thing's an animation that this one just felt a bit i don't know like took itself perhaps too seriously or you know yeah maybe so maybe so but i mean i mean that's just where it is really i mean the, it's uh it's a different thing to like and i mean we've obviously chosen to review it and we're going through the season but because there's no actual arc of the story it's random every single time um but because it's also same the same stories it's a very it's a very interesting one to kind of pick apart sometimes but you know sometimes they can get it better and i would have to say that the doctor strange episode oh. in my eyes was a lot better and oh. i and the reasons I feel it was for me personally is because yes, obviously it f follows the immediate story beats of the Dr. Strange film, but predominantly the majority of it is so far removed from anything else that had happened that it was actually quite interesting to watch this separate story almost. And also with the twist, well, not so much twist, but finding out at the end that there's actually two of him as well, and it's yeah. separated. So I've, I don't know how you feel about this particular one, but for me, I thought this, overall, I actually thought this was the best episode that has come so far in this series. I really enjoyed it as well. 
again, it took from the source material well and then changing that kind of one thing. I felt that it, I, you know, I think for me, the reason why I enjoyed it kind of so much as well is because, I mean, you know, Doctor Strange, it's all about timelines, you know, and this episode really felt like it delved into its source material very well and explored a different angle of it, you know, or like taking it in a different kind of context away. And I thought just as a, I mean, you know, we've always spoken about like Doctor Strange being probably one of our favorite, like, I mean, it's one of my favorite Marvel films. I, I think, mm. you know, you'd agree as well. Yeah. And this one, it felt, yeah, kind of a bit more playful in a way that it, it's kind of, um, as well as helping you to understand the whole uh, kind of world of timelines and how they work and, you know, the absolute point, I thought was quite an interesting concept that it's like these things have to happen for other things to happen. And, yeah. you know, um, so I, I felt that it really played with the source material like really well as well and kind of, you know, him delving into the past and meeting, you know, uh, things Oberg or Obo um, and, you know, learn in kind of growing more powers, the power of absorption and, you know, bringing kind of figures in from other worlds. I thought that was, and I mean, obviously, you know, you've got to have the tentacle beast, Cthulhu, you know, like, he, you know, from Agent Carter, like episode one, you know, now, now it's in episode four. I mean, I don't he's know if a, that's... He's our big recurring character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, he, he is the art. He say, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he uh, certainly makes his presence uh, felt, let's say. He does, um, yeah. So, I, I'm, and actually that, for me, kind of begs the question, like, you know, will that kind of um, tentacle character kind of play out further down the line when, um, you know, phase four kind of, and the madness of the multiverse comes in, you know, is this... I mean, I feel it should at some point because it's oh. one hell of a villain. Is it kind of, you know, uh, what was the, the name of the of the, uh, the the murderous cloud dog in Loki again? Um... <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, completely and utterly forgotten. Um, what the name of that but I, I feel that was it, it was almost like a menacing beast that then didn't actually take too much to knock out <laughs> yeah it, 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 I feel like this one is like you know you, you had the kind of guardian I can't, I'm trying to find its name uh, <laughs> cloud beast Loki <laughs> cloud uh, Alioth Alioth yeah that's okay so i feel like this cthulhu is like the alioth of the watcher in a way <laughs> you know that yeah. it's whenever like you know people are trying to screw with timelines too much it's like well you're gonna invoke cthulhu you know like <laughs> do you want that and it's like at first like no but later on yeah perhaps actually i could go for some squid you know yeah <laughs> <So, laughs> perhaps i could go for some calamari <laughs> yeah um some ancient calamari ancient and powerful uh so yeah i don't know i i i also enjoyed this one more because it just felt that it, it used the source material better in a way you know um and made it more of a complete story as well within itself um which you know within half an hour i mean it took like a lot of concepts and was able to kind of put them in and actually quite in you know entertaining a new way and as i said like you're kind of taking all these elements of doctor strange and the whole like timeline multiverse madness and actually yeah made a, a a good complete story arc i think from it um and yeah absolutely and the twist at the end i thought was really cool as well you know like two doctor strangers and you know one goes back and finds knowledge i 
at first I was a little bit confused because the one that went back and found all that knowledge, I was also surprised that he didn't go mad as well, like the kind of other timeline one did. Yeah. Um, that he kind of stayed sane, uh, even though he absorbed almost all of the same stuff. Um, maybe he, maybe he got the uh, sane side of uh, the dealings, and the other guy got all the unbalanced side. Yeah, got all the mental health problems and yes, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. well, I mean, the the, the 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 more unbalanced one, I have to say, was like, uh, I mean, he was really like broken up over uh, over losing losing Christine. I mean, he was. Like, but they didn't know her. Like, almost like an emo, you know. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. we get it, but you know, reality is unfolding as we speak. You know, so yeah. Also, that. we did get like the full voice cast or the full yeah. cast actually returned for this episode as well. So everyone was there uh, who was supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which is always good to hear and good to see. Unlike, uh, I believe that the Tony Stark is played by somebody else, um, and I feel Thor might be played by somebody else as well, and Natasha Romanoff is as well. Yeah, uh, they they all die anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't sign up to it. They just don't want to see their characters, you know, kind of starting aside so easily, you know. <laughs> so it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, we're four episodes in to what I believe is a nine episode series mm-hmm. um so to speak so you know we will keep looking into these um i know there is a zombie episode coming up interesting at some point um i don't know quite which one that is oh i think it's episode eight so there's a zombie episode coming up in episode eight um so that would be that would be quite interesting to see and we would keep obviously doing these in pairs because I feel it's just kind of makes sense, um, yeah. so to speak. But what is around the corner and another animation that I'm we pretty much can't wait. And that really makes sense being separate stories is Star Wars Visions, oh, yeah. um, which I've, I've just watched the trailer for it again the other day. And it's just extremely hyped. I also watched a trailer for <laughs> for a film that I can't wait it's not going to be good. I'm going to say that now. It's not going to be good. Sense. It's not going to win any awards. Um, it might win some Razzies, um, but we don't quite know yet. But it's called, it's good old Ronald Emmerich. I think that's how you say his name. Oh, Roland. Roland. Roland Emmerich. Yeah. Is it Emmerich? Day After Tomorrow and Stargate, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. We, we spoke about him previously, yeah. Yeah, so he is, he is on his way back. Um, if, and I implore you to watch the trailer for his new film because oh, it takes the biscuit, it's just the best <laughs> what an idea um, his new film is called, when I find it Moonfall mm-hmm. yes, and it is about the moon falling into planet Earth <laughs> <laughs> and love uh, it I mean, do you know what? To give this guy absolute credit, because you know you can't take it away from him that he has done some. He's done some good movies. I actually really enjoyed Midway, which was his World War Two. Uh, mm, yeah. Um, and Anonymous, the Shakespeare film he did, um, was really good. The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Um, I have very fond fond place in my heart for Godzilla, uh, but Independence yeah. Day, Stargate. You know, there's a lot of um. 
a lot of films which are just sit in the nostalgia category quite heavily. But Moonfall just looks ridiculously brilliant. <laughs> if anyone knows would be the perfect supervillain, it'd probably be Roland Emmerich because he really knows how to destroy the earth through his films. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I mean, it, probably from more of a godlike sort of kind of stance in terms of um, Day After Tomorrow and 2012 and, you know, Independence Day and Godzilla. But I mean, yeah, Moonfall is just like the next kind of the next step isn't it like hey we hey you know the moon everyone knows the moon of course yeah like hey you see it in the sky at night and sometimes in the day everyone, and you know, moon, don't they? everyone knows yeah, it. controls the tides and stuff and oh my god it's coming towards us like, <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. that's, that's exactly how they pitched it <laughs> yeah, like, like where can we run to it's like i don't know ask roland emmerich he's probably got some some base somewhere you know where he's just holed up in but yeah, it's um that's how they pitched it. They got everybody on board. They were like, Everyone loves the moon, you love the moon, right? Yeah, yeah, we love the moon. Yeah, yeah, you love the moon. It's been around for ages. Yeah, yeah. But what happens if it comes for us? Ah like <laughs> the moon's coming. Like it's behind you. <laughs> yeah, What's but... behind me? The moon. Um <laughs> oh, absolutely I just absolutely can't wait. I just love these. I mean, I've probably watched two thousand and twelve more times than anyone should have. Um I've I've also seen it. Because Every time it, I see it pops on, I'm like, yep, yeah, I can jump into that. Um, I, I, I've seen it probably more times than, yeah, I probably should have done. It's just, it's quite a fun, like, destruction film. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That, like, I think I watched it in the cinema as well the first time, and it was I so well. OTT that, like, you know, but it's just, it's just so much, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, John Cusack, like, at every point is about to, plunges his death in some way but then at the very last second he gets away with his family you know and well, the best you know, the best thing also is they met he always manages to get big actors you know it's oh, got yeah, you yeah. got Halle Berry in this new one Donald Sutherland you know it's like it's always names that <laughs> that can be in them as well so it's just uh I just every time he wants to cause an Armageddon and destroy the earth it's just the interesting ways he's figuring out and now our enemy is the moon um, so I'm pretty sure there should be a sequel, maybe Mercury Fall or <laughs> Venus Fall, <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiter's expanding, you know. Yeah. Sun bang, <laughs> the sun explodes. Like, oh my god! The sun comes out tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> for the last time. <laughs> for the last time, yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! So yeah, yeah um, so that's what we take from what if this last two episodes. Watch the Moonfall trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's great. That's us for this week, um, guys. We'll catch you next week. We're going to do another monster episode because we learned the monster movies. Um, we're going to do a bit of werewolf and a bit of love and monsters, and then we're obviously going to do Star Wars Visions uh, very soon, and then it's going to be a lot of Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars for the mm -hmm. rest of the year because we've got Book of Boba coming as well. So, see you on the flip side.
Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Thank you.